where uh, the traditional medical world is failing us is with chronic conditions. So PMS, chronic fatigue, autoimmunity, all of these things that are popping up now and are more prevalent than they were ever before, um, our doctors are kind of failing us. Welcome to the Finding Your Shine podcast, hosted by best friends, Nina Boyce and Liz Garster. Enjoy a dose of Monday motivation each week as we interview people lighting up the communities of health and wellness, spirituality, and personal growth. Wherever you are on your journey to health, happiness, and self-love, our real and authentic conversations with guests will keep you inspired and empowered. And keep you laughing too. Thanks for listening. We're honored to join you in finding your shine. Hey, listeners. I know that I said this last week, but we have another episode that's a little bit different than our typical interview style episode that includes both Liz and I. And that's because... You know, Liz and I have been in a really busy season recently with a lot of travel, work-related and non-work-related, as well as a couple personal things going on with Liz's family and all is well and all is good. But because of that, because we go through different seasons of life, it's just been a little bit more difficult for us to sit down and schedule some of these interviews for you guys. But we thought, you know what? Why not repurpose this incredible episode I did with our good friend, Kelsey Aida and her co-host, Lindsay, of the High Vibinant podcast, where I discuss all things hacking hormones and anxiety. And you all know, again, that this is my uh, topic of expertise. It's what I do. It's where I work with women one-on-one. It's my favorite, favorite thing to talk about. And Yeah. So instead of going a week without an episode, we thought, why not? Let's throw this episode up there. Hopefully you guys will get some some good knowledge and resources out of it, especially if you are struggling with your menstrual health or you just want to learn a little bit more about your cycle. That's what I talk about. And I give you a couple practical tools in this episode with the girls, Lindsay and Kelsey from High Vibe In It. If you remember a few episodes back, we talked to Kelsey. So Kelsey is an author, a blogger, and a manifestation coach. She has courses and a ton of resources for you if you're looking really to up-level your life and call in uh, exactly what you want and find tools within meditation and of course manifestation uh, in order to do that. And then Lindsay is a hypnotherapist, which is super cool. And I cannot wait to get her specifically on this show to do a one-on-one interview. But if you haven't listened to Kelsey's episode a few episodes back, she is incredible. It's actually one of our most popular episodes in the past like month or two. So I would highly recommend going back and listening to that if you're looking to get a dose of inspiration and also uh, figure out how to start manifesting what you want in the world. So it's a good one. And yeah, that's pretty much it. So in this episode, you're going to hear me being interviewed by these ladies. And I highly recommend if you enjoyed listening to this, go check out their podcast. It's called High Vibe In It. It's a fun new take on self-empowerment and lifestyle design. And you learn how to live a more aligned, inspired life while manifesting your inner desires. Great show. Highly recommend. And I had a blast being on. So I hope you guys enjoy. Before we head into this episode, I just want to remind you all that Empowered Voice is happening in, oh my gosh, two months. We're actually going to be cutting off tickets on September 7th. So if you have been thinking about going, there is not an extended amount of time to buy those tickets. So hop on those before they sell out. It's going to be an incredible day. You've all heard us talking about it. We have speakers from across the country, influencers, bloggers, authors, podcasters. I mean, some really, really badass boss babe women to come inspire you. And if you've been interested in you know, just listening from these girls and getting inspired by them, or you have a wellness brand already, or you're thinking about launching a brand in wellness, this is going to be the conference for you. So check out the information for Empowered Voice on Eventbrite. You can just search up Empowered Voice in Columbus or go to empoweredvoiceconference.com. Okay, 
That's it. Without any further hesitation, let's head into my interview on the High Vibe In It podcast with Kelsey and Lindsay. Hey guys, happy Monday. Um, welcome to High Vibe In It. I am Lindsay, a certified hypnotherapist and success alignment coach. And I'm here with Kelsey, my partner in crime. She's a manifestation expert. And we have something so special for you guys today because we have our first first guest. And her name is Nina Boyce. Am I saying that right? Nina Boyce? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. She is an expert in women's health and wellness. And specifically, we're going to talk today about uh, hormones and how to hack your hormones to reduce anxiety and all the things involved with kind of balancing that out. So let's uh, get your introduction. Let us, uh, let us know why you do what you do and how you got into it. Yeah. Well, first of all, thanks guys for having me on the show. This is super exciting. I got into this work through my own struggles with anxiety. It's the whole reason that I even started learning about hormones and hormone imbalance. You know, actually taking it back a long time ago, even when I was a little kid, I always struggled with overthinking and anxiety and always having to be on the go 100% of the time. And I didn't really think much about it, just that I was kind of that kind of kid. I just had to always be on the go and I overthought things and worried about things that other kids didn't worry about. But it wasn't until I really got into college and graduated and started working full time that the anxiety got worse. And so at that point, in my life, I was a choir director. So I actually taught choir for seven years, middle school choir. Wow. I was teaching at two buildings. I had over 550 kids in my choir programs. I had seven programs, uh, seven choirs. I was teaching show choir. I was doing show choir competitions. I was getting a master's degree. I was planning a choir tour to New York City. I was just putting so much onto my plate. And eventually my body started to it started to get angry with me. And I noticed I was having uncontrollable anxiety, chronic fatigue. I was breaking out terrible acne. I was missing my period. I was spotting inconsistently. All of these things that I never had to deal with before. And it got to this point where the anxiety was so bad that I wasn't really able to function. I was waking up, I would have a stomach ache, I wasn't um, able to eat. And so finally, I went to my doctors and I said, okay, something's going on here. Give me some tests. Like, what's going on? What's wrong with me? And, you know, of course, and this happens to many women, the tests come back fine. Every single thing was checked off. Like I had no thyroid issues. All of my levels were, I mean, my vitamin D was low, but everyone's vitamin D is low, especially especially if you live in Northeast Ohio or in like our area of the United States. And then I went to my gynecologist and I said, can you tell me what's going on with my period? I am inconsistent. I have terrible PMS, very painful periods and cramping. And she just said, well, the only thing we can do is put you on birth control. So my doctor told me to get on anxiety medicine and my gynecologist told me to get on birth control. And I just had this really deeply rooted belief that this wasn't the answer for me at this moment. Not that anything is wrong with either of those methods, right? But for me at that moment in my life, I felt like there was something deeper. There was something more to the in that root of why I was getting these symptoms. Mm-hmm. So I dove into this work on my own. And that's, that's kind of what set me off. And I got my certification. I ended up quitting my job. So I'm no longer a middle school choir teacher, although I did love it. So it wasn't really the job. Um, and here I am uh, coaching women on hormonal health. Yay. So I cool. love that story. Yeah. It's so funny because... Sorry, go ahead, Linz. Well, I was just going to say, so it's just, it sounds like reminiscent of you want something done, right? You got to do it yourself. Oh, (laughs) yeah. That's what I, that's how I I was like, if you, if I want to, if this is my passion, why wouldn't I just teach myself how to do it and help others with it, you know, instead of just trying to navigate by yourself, you get to use your voice to help others who may resonate with your story. And I'm sure a lot of people do. Before you finish your sentences, I knew where you were going. Mm-hmm. I've never met you before today. Let's just be clear. I think yeah. it's wonderful. And I was so excited to talk to you. But that just speaks to like how common this stuff is, right? Like, 100%. Um, you go to the doctor, they want to put you on medication. You go to, or birth control or anxiety medication, just like that. Like I knew, I knew that was coming. And uh, yeah, it, it might be great for one person, but like you said, it's, it wasn't right for you. And I don't, I didn't really ever feel like it was right for me either, but I did it anyway. 
<laughs> so I'm, yeah. glad that, I'm glad that you found another way and actually are using it to educate people because we want to trust our doctors. I didn't know any better, um, but that voice inside of you did, huh? Yeah. And here's the thing. Our doctors aren't bad people, right? That's right. what they learned. Absolutely. That's what they learned. And they went through school and they learned about how drugs can heal the body. And also if you have uh, a trauma or a serious injury or something, a, a serious disease, like absolutely, you need to go to your gynecologist, you need to go to your doctors yes. and you need to get things done. But where uh, the traditional medical world is failing us is with chronic conditions. So PMS, chronic fatigue, autoimmunity, all of these things that are popping up now and are more prevalent than they were ever before, um, our doctors are kind of failing us. And it's because they're not really looking into individuals and seeing, well, what's really going on with their nutrition, with their lifestyle, with their stress levels, with their energy. You guys know a lot about that with their energetic body, with their spirituality. What can we do to address them? Because a pill's just going to mask it, right? It's just a band-aid. So yeah, I, I, had, I had to go into this work. I knew that there was an answer. And I'm really glad that I did because so many women are in the same boat and men, but I focus on women. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, we all have hormones, right? But I think because women have these hormonal cycles, I actually, do men have hormonal cycles too, or there's more steady? Because from an outsider's perspective looking in, it seems like men have maybe more steady hormones and ours are like always fluctuating throughout the month. So it makes it a little more tumultuous for us. Yeah, yeah, totally. Men, men have like a steady, like when you think about birth control, actually, this is a good way to think about it. When women take birth control, it suppresses ovulation and it gives them a a flat line, steady base of synthetic estrogen and uh, synthetic progesterone called progestion. And that's kind of how a man's body works. They just have like this steady flat line of hormones. But because women have a cycle, a menstrual cycle and four phases of the menstrual cycle, we actually have a different level of hormones every single week. Uh, So you can just imagine that when there's an imbalance or when our lifestyle, nutrition, stress, all of it gets in the mix, how there can be some really big changes mentally, physically going on in the body. So let's talk about four cycles within a cycle because I have never heard of that before. And if I've never heard of it, I'm sure a lot of people haven't heard of it. So what the heck are you talking about? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So of course, whether or not you want to get pregnant, your body is preparing you for pregnancy every single month, right? If you want it or if you don't, that's what our body is meant to do. So we have four different weeks uh, phases in our menstrual cycle. So the first one is called our follicular phase. And this is where your estrogen, have you guys heard of estrogen and progesterone? Those are pretty common. Um, Three kids, I got got that. But tell us exactly what they do. Yeah. So estrogen is kind of like your va-va-boom hormone. It gets you energized. It gets you feeling good. It gets you feeling feisty. And that is what's starting to ramp up and rise during that first phase of your cycle. So the follicular phase. It's also helping to develop the follicles that will later release an egg at ovulation. So your estrogen's ramping up, your energy's increasing, you're feeling good. Your brain is getting the signal from your ovaries to your brain that as your estrogen rises, it's going to get ready to release a hormone called follicle-stimulating hormone, which is going to grow the follicle that your egg's housed in. And as your estrogen peaks right before ovulation, your brain gets a signal to release something called luteinizing hormone. So as your estrogen peaks, it goes, oh, hey, luteinizing hormone, go do your thing. And that's when you ovulate. That's when the egg is released. And that's the second phase of your cycle, purely ovulation, which is only one day. And also, fun fact, just I have to interject this because women don't know this. You can only get pregnant about five to six days of your whole period, your whole monthly cycle. I did know that. Yeah. Yeah. You have a baby. So you probably do know that. I have three babies. (laughs) The last two, I calculated that ish like every single day, moment to moment, because I did not want to mess it up. So yeah, because you know, if you don't, then you have to wait a whole other month for it to happen again. And I'm a very impatient person. So I just (laughs) went above and beyond calculating and like, okay, this is the day. And there's some really good apps out there to help you not only with your period cycle, but with your ovulation cycle. They're amazing. 
Yeah. I have a couple apps I'm using right now and I take my basal body temperature um, Mm -hmm. because I'm not on birth control and I'm not ready to have a family yet. So I do a couple of things like tracking my cervical mucus. I know that sounds gross, but it's one of the things. And You got to do it. You got to do it. (laughs) And tracking your basal body temperature, which is your morning temperature. And obviously once your temperature spikes, that's when you know you've ovulated. And so Mine spiked this morning. Guys, I just ovulated. Hey. Woo! Um, little Myrtle over here. Yeah, right. Myrtle, Myrtle. Um, <laughs> and then tomorrow, tomorrow, I will not be able to get pregnant. So I'm going to be heading into the mm-hmm. third phase of my cycle. Perfect timing for this conversation. Tomorrow, which is the luteal phase. And that's when estrogen starts to ramp down. So estrogen's like your girl during the first half of your cycle. Second half of your cycle, progesterone takes over. So progesterone is rising and it's doing this for a couple of reasons. One is because if you are going to get pregnant, it helps you sustain a pregnancy by thickening your uterine lining and making it really nice. And uh, I don't know the right word, but able for that egg to attach. and Nurturing, I guess, is the word. Yeah. Yeah. Velcro-like. Yeah. Like making it all Velcro-y. Sorry to any guys that are listening in and didn't know what the show is about today. So they were like, don't worry about it. It's good to know about your your woman, right? And know what they're going through. And here's another piece of it is, you know, like we said, estrogen is sort of that va-va-voom energy making you feel really good. When it peaks at ovulation, and so does testosterone. Girls do have testosterone, just not as much as men. That's when your sex drive increases. So it kind of like adds all of this to your mood and your energy. But anyway, in the luteal phase, so that third phase of your cycle, progesterone is what makes you feel calm. It's what makes you feel cozy. You feel a little bit more relaxed and you want to do different things during this phase of your cycle too. You want to take like walks. You want to really sit down with your journal, read a book. You're feeling super calm, Um, except if you have low progesterone. And then, you know, we get into some of those imbalances. But after the luteal phase, if you aren't pregnant, then your, uh, your uterine lining is going to shed and you're going to have a period. And we head into the final phase, which is your menstrual cycle, which Mm -hmm. we all know. And that's when your hormones are at their lowest point. So lowest progesterone, lowest estrogen levels. And that's why you might feel those PMS symptoms too at that time. It's like withdrawal from all of that. That's when shit hits the fan. Yeah, exactly. That's (laughs) And and now that you're speaking it and like explaining it, some of these words do actually sound quite familiar, but the way that you're explaining it to me makes it make total sense that it never really had before. But yeah, it is kind of like you're feeling all these hormones and then that dramatic drop, dramatic drop, (laughs) drastic and dramatic, dramatic. Yeah, I love it. Kind of like, it's almost like withdrawal, right? You you just like completely change and you're Mm -hmm. just maybe a little bit more irritable, which I know is a symptom of withdrawal for sure. When I don't have my coffee or my sugar, that's how I feel. You know what I love to point out though when it comes to this is how often are women just expecting to perform the same week by week? Yeah. And Mm -hmm. so when we become irritable or when we're really fatigued or we're dealing with, like your period brings up the stuff, you know, it brings up the stuff that you're struggling with because you don't have the calming progesterone and you don't have the energizing estrogen in your system. So you're like, man, life sucks, you know, (laughs) that might come up for you. But really it's a time, a very spiritual time for me to say, okay, I'm feeling this way. What am I supposed to be learning right now? Why is my period actually a beautiful thing? Why should I stay in bed and have some extra chocolate and drink some tea? And why shouldn't I nurture myself and, and cut out my plans and just focus on me? But because women don't know what's going on, we're like, this is a problem. And that's when we go to our doctors. So yeah. Yeah. Pretty much every month, the two days right before I'm going to have my period, it's a problem because (laughs) I go into like this mode where I'm like, everything is terrible. My life is falling apart. I hate myself. Like I am not, I don't even recognize myself in those two days. I want to eat everything. And I normally don't like sweets. I'm more like a salty, savory person. So I'm like, getting into the cinnamon rolls and the ice cream and I'm like hungry all the time and I'm crying and I don't know why. And then Mm -hmm. I start my period and I'm like, oh yeah, it's that thing that happens every month. Every single time. Do you feel like you track your period pretty well? Like, do you feel like you're paying attention to it or does it just kind of happen? No, I feel like it's a surprise every single month. Even though I I do have a calendar for it because that way when I feel like, 
wow, what's going on with me? Then I look and I'm like, oh, I'm about to start my period. So now I remember that this is what always happens. But yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I feel like a lot of women probably don't track their periods. So that's why I asked you because you're like, I always know. And then I start my period. So it's like, oh yeah. But I wonder what would happen if you ever just now that you know, just started paying attention being like, okay, well, I'm going to take this time, like Nina said, to just kind of turn inward and think about why, you know, and, and how this can actually be a benefit and help me out. Tracking is key. Absolutely. Yeah. I was guessing, it's very important. It's, it's the one thing I do with all my clients. I'm like, we, we have to track so that we know and that we can start making connections. Yeah. 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 Cause knowledge is power guys. For sure. Yeah, for for me, tracking mine, it just helps when I get into that anxious, crazy, I want to die mode right before. (laughs) I I always try and find things in my life to justify it. Like, why am I feeling this way? What's going on? Like, there must be some actual cause when really it's just a hormonal imbalance. period is the last thing in mind. (laughs) Yeah, that's the last thing I'm worried about. And then I go and check my app because I'm like, "Hmm, maybe it's that thing again. And then it is. And then I can relax and be like, okay, I'm not crazy. Like, my body is just freaking out. Isn't that the thing though? You're able to then say, I'm not crazy, but how many women don't know? And so they just think because I have PMS is what we label it or PMDD, I'm crazy. Something's wrong with me. Nothing's wrong with you, girl. You're just about to have your period. And this is a beautiful thing. And we can actually celebrate our periods, which is what I'm here to help people do. (laughs) Let's celebrate it. Yeah. And I, right before the call, I was like, guys, I haven't had a period in three years because I'm nursing my son. And which is like, Well, and I was like celebrating it as I'm sure most people would. It's just an inconvenience, but I do totally get on board with that idea that there is definitely, uh, there's a reason why this happens, not just biologically, but emotionally, spiritually, like as, as a woman, it's so empowering to know that we, we can look for the benefits and what actually the gift that it is. Mm-hmm. Whether like, or not. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say whether or not you want to have a baby too. And that's something I like to point out. I mean, yes, that's why your cycle is here, but also like use the cycle to your advantage. Use like your, your follicular phase to do all of your best planning and to go out and to do all of the things. Use your ovulation to like dress up in something sexy and like have a great (laughs) night. And then use your luteal phase to really like come home, clean your house, like set up camp, do something nurturing for yourself and use your your menstrual cycle just to do nothing, you know? Yeah. Obviously we only have an hour, so we're getting in as much information (laughs) as we can. And also we have a caller on the line named Jennifer. So Jennifer, we would love to hear if you have a question for us and we can kind of dive into it and help you. Great. uh, I do have a question. Hi, how's it going? What's your question? Uh, Good, thanks. Um, So I am uh, in my 40s and I'm finally coming around where I think it's time for me to have a baby. I know it's late in life, but I've always been a late bloomer. And uh, friends have told me about taking your basal temperature and taking it at the same time each day and things like that. But somebody actually told me recently that taking a rectal temperature is more accurate. What do you ladies know about that? Mm, Okay, this is a question for Nina. So go ahead. I missed, did you say taking a what temperature? I missed the second half. I'm sorry? Taking, did you say a rectal temperature? Yes, that's what friends have told me. Yeah, so you can. You absolutely can. I use an app called Daisy, and it's a tracker. It's just a high, uh, what's the word? A very, very specific uh, technological thermometer, and I do it under my tongue, and it's just as accurate as if I were to do it the other way. So I think as long as you have a thermometer that is made for tracking basal body temperature, because you have to really check those tenths of a degree, that you're going to be fine. If you use like a normal thermometer, it might not be as accurate and as detailed as what you want. But if you go to even Google, you can search up basal body temperature uh, thermometers, and you can probably find a pretty good one. I would just say looking at the reviews would be your best bet. But under the tongue or rectally is okay. Okay. All right. Great. Thanks for the advice, ladies. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks have a good one. I'm sending you super strong baby vibes. Hope yeah, you're man, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Good luck. <laughs> Thank you. Have a good day. You, you too. Bye. Wow. That was so fun. Guys, if you have a question, call us. We would love to hear them. And Nina is super smart in this area. So Yeah. And that was a really good question because I have heard too that it is more, uh, 
what's the word, accurate to use your rectal temperature, but obviously not everyone wants to do that because it can be like weird You just said rectal and butt in the same <laughs> <time>. <laughs> I totally did. And I would not be me if I didn't point that out. So that was hilarious. <laughs> it's funny. It's funny that she asked that because I just did a podcast recording myself with a guest and we were talking all about tracking your basal body temperature. And I think I asked that question. I was like, what's oh, better? Yeah. And she said, um, and I'm not here, like I'm not sponsored by the Daisy app, but mm-hmm. I really love the device. And she's like, you can do either. And it's just a high tech thermometer. And I feel like they're probably, maybe there is a difference if you're using another type of thermometer, but. Yeah. I feel like you just can't use like a regular cheap thermometer because it's not going to be as accurate. And so if yeah. you were doing that, then you might have to do it that other way because it might be more effective with those ones. But I feel like if you invest in the right kind, it should be good to go. Yeah. And I just want to put this out there. I'm not a doctor, right? So if you, if you really want to make sure you're getting this accurate advice, go talk to your gynecologist. That's what they're there for, right? Yeah, this yeah. is the information I know and what I've researched, but always do your own research. Always go to multiple experts and see what their opinion is. Yeah. Fantastic question though. I love it. Um, so let's talk about, that's the optimal, you know, hormone level. That's what you're, that's the ideal. That's what you want. That's, that's what's what they would call normal. Let's talk about how it gets imbalanced. Cause I know that right before we call, right before the call, we kind of talked a little bit about how it looks to have a hormone imbalance, which is a ton of stuff, right? So let's talk about the symptoms and what it might look like if you might have an imbalance. Yeah. So there's so many different signs and symptoms. And the frustrating thing is they can overlap with a lot of things. So if your body is in an Uh, out of balance in general, you might be dealing with some of these symptoms. But if you're a woman, there's a high chance that these symptoms are going to then affect your hormones. So if you're dealing with chronic fatigue, so if you feel like you wake up and you are just tired, you cannot get out of bed unless you have that cup of coffee, or if you're struggling with uh, highs and lows in energy throughout the day, especially in the afternoon, Uh, that's usually due to blood sugar drops and and highs and lows. Um, So energy, chronic fatigue, anxiety, depression. Sometimes, you know, it's not just a circumstance in your life. Sometimes it's your hormones that you don't have the right amount of estrogen or progesterone in your uh, system. Like I said, progesterone is your calming hormone. So if you're dealing with low progesterone, you might also be struggling with anxiety. Estrogen gives you that energy. It gives you that zest for life. If you're not have enough estrogen in your system or the right amount of estrogen in your system, you might be struggling with depression, right? So mental health comes into play. Skin is a big one. So a a chin acne specifically. So if you have a lot of acne around your chin and your jawline, cystic acne, that's, that's usually hormonal. Gosh, PMS. So if you have painful periods, let's just put this out here right now. If you have painful periods, that is not normal. If you have to take an ibuprofen or Advil before your period starts or you're getting cramps, that's probably due to an imbalance. A little bit of pain is okay. Your your body's working, right? There's things going on down there. But if you're consistently dealing with pain, that's an issue. Um, Of course, if you're dealing with something more serious like endometriosis, which is when you have parts of your uterine lining that uh, get dispersed in other areas down by your uterus and... um, your bowels, that can cause a lot of pain or PCOS, which we don't have to get into the specifics, but Mm -hmm. that's an imbalance in your testosterone levels, your androgen levels and your blood sugar. So you'll notice like weight gain. And in that case, if you're carrying a lot of midsection weight, that can be due to cortisol levels, hormone levels, or even something as serious as PCOS. So I, as you're listing these symptoms, like I know somebody in every every category that I'm like, oh, that would be why she has this. And I swear in this moment, I am actually asking for a friend, but um, (laughs) but it's not me. But I do have one that does apply to me. I'm so tired all the time. And I feel like I've always just shoved it off as like, well, I have three sons. Of course you're tired. But I also read somewhere that like women need more sleep in general than men. I don't know if you know anything about that, but I would imagine since there's something going on in our ecosystems literally all the time, it takes a lot of energy and, and running around after three humans. But what would you say to someone who's just like, oh, I'm just so tired all the time? Because mm. I do love my coffee. I really yeah. love my coffee. Yeah. So there's a couple of different things. If you are tired all the time, we really have to look at it and zoom out and look at it holistically, right? First of all, you have three boys. 
Of course, yes, you're right. You're going to be tired. There's going to be, that's like a lifestyle thing that you can't change. Okay, good. So I was thinking like, well, how much of this is actually three tiny humans, but how much of it might be able to be helped? And also I am nursing, so I don't even know what I can do if I wanted to, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, nursing takes a lot out of you, right? Nutritionally and energetically, it takes a lot out of you, plus your sleep. I don't know if you're still waking up in the night to- to yeah. Oh yeah. So like, let's all take this into account, right? So now <laughs> what are you going to do to support your body? Well, the first thing you can do, and this is what I tell every single client that works with me, it's the first thing we start with is how do you feed yourself to support your hormones? And the way you do that is by getting quality organic protein. And there's a number of reasons why you want to eat organic grass-fed, free-range protein if you're an animal eater. Mm-hmm. Because of course, antibiotics and excess hormones and uh, toxins right, in non-conventionally raised meat. But getting quality protein because protein is what's going to give you energy. So that's the first. And then the second is getting quality fat. And that's something that a lot of us have strayed away from. How many people think fat makes you fat? Right? I love fat. <laughs> yes, praise fat, right? So you want to- get... so not the bad guy. I'm sorry, but it's not. Your hormones are made from fat. So we need hormones, or we need hormones, we do, but we need fat to produce our hormones. So you're going to want to get in like avocados and you're going to want to get in nut butters Mm -hmm. and chia seeds and hemp seeds and all of these things that are then going to support your body. And that starts with breakfast. So if you can, getting in a quality breakfast, uh, 20 grams maybe of protein, two tablespoons of fat. And then if you want to add a little bit of a complex carbon there, um, but starting your day, like within the 90 minutes of waking by getting breakfast, you're going to stabilize your blood sugar. And blood sugar is part of the reason why you're so tired because you get the ups and you get the downs. You crave sugar and you crave coffee. And that's what spikes your blood sugar and drops it back real quick. So that's the first thing you can do. That's, you know, and and I know that oatmeal like promotes uh, lactation. Like, I know you don't specialize in like, like, but, but I've read a lot about it. So I know I eat oatmeal almost every day, but that also that for me, those oats kind of break down as a glucose in a way. So there's another spike. So it's just, and I know these things, but I'm not a big eater in the mornings. I know a lot of people aren't. Um, my husband's one of those too. Like we just, I can't eat in the morning. So you're not hungry. I'm not hungry in the morning. No. Mm. And, and, and when I am, it's like my go-to thing is oatmeal because I know that breastfeeding is important for my kid. And so I'm, it's me putting them before myself. Maybe I should have an egg with it or something, but. Well, you can add some good stuff to the oatmeal. Oatmeal is actually one of my four breakfasts that I recommend. So it's gluten-free, which is great. It's another one of those things that you sometimes need to look into with hormones, but mm-hmm. um, just add like two tablespoons of peanut butter to that, or you can throw in some collagen peptides, it's this powder. Collagen's really great for healing your gut lining and for adding extra protein or adding some seeds or adding even yeah. some blueberries and strawberries in there. Uh, and you have a great breakfast that's going to support your body. Yeah. That's a good pointer. I like that. The McDonald's yeah. has a really good oatmeal and it comes with nuts and berries and things really? like that. Really? Yeah. Oh. But yeah. that's a uh, besides point. Anyway, I wanted to talk <laughs> also about, uh, you mentioned protein. Protein's yeah. important. And I, I wanted to touch on this because I know I've read and heard that soy is a protein and it has hormones in it. So what are we supposed to do about yeah. that? So um, everything is bio-individual. And when I say that, it's I am very much the proponent of you eat what works for you. Your body is different than everybody else's. But overall, uh, soy is number one, really genetically modified and Mm -hmm. super, super processed. And anything that's overly processed is not going to be recognized by your body. So that's one piece of it. The other piece of it is soy is a phytoestrogen. So it mimics uh, the normally occurring estrogen in your system. So if you're struggling with an imbalance where you have high estrogen levels and you're eating a lot of soy, can increase that imbalance. Yeah. So it's just something to stay away from. And a lot of women are actually sensitive to soy. But a couple of things you can do, I mean, especially if you are a vegetarian or you're purely plant-based and you're like, okay, I get it, Nina, but I'm not going to eat animal protein. Uh, Soy is definitely a good go-to, but I would say you could do tempeh because tempeh is fermented soy. It's a natural, it's less processed. So that's a good option. Or just choose organic soy when you can. At least you're not going to be getting any of the 
pesticides and highly processed junk that might be going into the non-organic soy. But you can also do like beans and lentils and chickpeas and all of these other different ways to get plant protein in your diet. What about whey? But they can't really make like food with whey, can they? I think, I I know they do like powders. Everything with whey protein. Like really? Protein. Well, you can get protein bars. So that would be like a food for some people. Yeah. Um, Or drinks or whatever. But whey is milk-based, right? Yes. Yes. So whey is dairy. Which a lot of people are sensitive to. Mm -hmm. Okay. So let's talk about that. Food intolerances, food sensitivities. Is that a hormonal thing? Okay, so it can be, it's a little bit, uh, we have to back up a little bit. Okay. So when we're dealing with hormone imbalances, the first place I usually start is the gut. And that's because the gut is what helps you to detoxify any excess hormones in the body. And the problem is we have a gut lining and because of the toxins in our environment, because of the conventional food that we eat because of stress, because of antibiotics, because of life in general, lack of sleep, all of these things, our gut lining can become permeable. And so when this gut lining becomes permeable, we can um, toxins from our food, our diet, our environment can go in and out and cause us to have immunity issues. So if you are having issues with your gut health, you might start noticing that you have intolerances to food that you normally didn't have intolerances to. So maybe you're not celiac. Celiac is when you actually have an autoimmunity to gluten. Maybe you're not celiac or you aren't sensitive or allergic to dairy, you might notice that you start to have stomach issues or you might break out more or you might find that you're becoming fatigued after you eat these things. It could purely be because you just need to heal the gut. But overall, gluten and dairy and sugar and processed oils, they are inflammatory to the body and in a lot of people. So they're good to kind of cut out for a while and see how you feel, heal your gut up and start to support your hormones. And then uh, bio-individuality. <laughs> uh, try them again. Like try some gluten and see how you feel. Maybe dairy works well for you. It doesn't work well for me, but it's all about experimenting when it comes to that. I want to start talking about your particular journey because that's important to to get you where you are in terms of helping other people figure out tips and tricks and daily steps and all that stuff. So when you discovered, I guess, that your anxiety and your hormonal imbalances were related, um, what was your first step? What did you do? Oh gosh. <laughs> well, I think the first step was I started experimenting with my diet. And so that's what made me realize that there was this correlation because I and I am not a diet pusher at all. I But at the time I was like, I'm paleo, I'm vegan, I'm whole 30. And I was trying all of these things, not because of weight, but because I just wanted to feel better. But I found that when I stuck to more of a paleo diet, which was honestly just focusing on whole foods, organic protein, uh, lots of vegetables. And then of course, like gut healing techniques techniques, I started to feel so much better. The anxiety started to decrease. And then I also noticed, oh my gosh, I am struggling. The things I was struggling with, acne and painful periods, they started to get better. So that was like the stepping stone was starting with nutrition and healing my gut. And then the real work came in when I started bringing in um, spirituality and meditation and yoga and calming my nervous system and calming my adrenals and calming my cortisol levels. And that was sort of like step two. And then it's just putting all the pieces together after that. And it's different for everybody. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. There's no one size fits all diet. There's no one size fits all lifestyle, exercise routine, yoga, spirituality, workout routine, nothing. It's all about what works for your body. Yeah. And it definitely has a lot to do with what feels uh, good to you because there are people that need to go to the gym every day or they feel so out of whack. Whereas Mm -hmm. other people like myself can't set foot in a gym without immediately wanting to like leave. (laughs) But but, you know, I I can do home routines. I can do yoga. I can do uh, things physically, go for walks, go for runs, things like that that feel good to me. So I think 
the fact that you said bio individuality is uh, is right. Is that the word you use? Bio individuality. Yeah. Yeah. Is the same as individuality. You know, there's no practice that will work for everyone. It's just about finding that thing. You know, that works for you the best, which is perfect. And we'll get more into that because now we're moving into the anxiety uh, p- part of it and how to how to figure that out. Tips that you can uh, give people who are listening who maybe have anxiety or hormone issues that that can help them starting today. What do you think? Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, what are some ways we can figure this stuff out for ourselves and then even more importantly, fix it? <laughs> yeah. Well, like I said before, the first thing I would have anybody do is to start with balancing their blood sugar and by getting the proper nutrients into their diet. So by prioritizing those uh, quality proteins and quality fats, it's going to be key and complex carbs. So feeding your body as whole food as you can, right? So food that comes in a box, if you can't recognize the labels, your body probably can't recognize it either. So that's one really good test. And then buying things that are like one ingredient, right? So buying your vegetable, buying your fruit, buying that protein, whether it be plant-based or animal-based and getting creative. There are so many resources out there that you can make super delicious stuff and it doesn't have to be as complicated as we think it is. Well, the rule of of thumb, I've heard this, two different people had the best tips for shopping that I've ever heard. And the first one is if it's on the inside of the store, like if we picture the store as a square, if it's on the inside aisles, it's probably crap. You know, if you're on the outside aisles, that's where the fruits and the vegetables and the, and the, and the meats and stuff are. And anything on the inside is probably more packaged. The other thing was if there's a commercial for it, it's probably, Ah. (laughs) which is so funny because you can't think of a commercial for apples. There's no commercial for like corn unless it's canned by a company who probably changes it, you know, in in the process. But I just, I love that one. If there's a commercial for it. Ooh, I have never heard that. I'm stealing that. I'm going to be using that. (laughs) I like those general rules of thumb because I feel like it's really not our place to tell people exactly what to eat. Because like you said, everyone has different bodily functions, different intolerances. Like for me, I was sharing over the break with these two ladies, like, I really don't have any food sensitivities. Like I don't break out when I eat cheese. I don't like get anything weird when I eat gluten. The only thing my curse is that I'm a very picky eater. So for me to incorporate a really balanced diet is tricky sometimes because I have to drink my vegetables and a yummy green juice. I'm not going to eat too many of them, you know, and learning how to cook in my adulthood has been like an adventure. (laughs) But I think it's really nice that we're, I mean, Nina's told you some things that are nice to eat, but like, we can't just give you a list that's going to fix you. Like, it's important right. that you try it out on your body and see what works and what doesn't. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. The only thing that's true across the board is that processed food is BS. Yeah. Oh <laughs> yeah. my gosh. And it's just, your taste buds get used to it too. Cause oh, so and they many, crave it. Oh yeah. They crave it. Yeah. And there's so many additives and things, but let's also talk about this. Like life isn't black and white, right? There's this huge gray area. And so when you're really trying to heal your hormones, of course, I'm going to say, let's really get down to business here and let's, let's do a crowding out situation. Let's start crowding out the gluten. Let's start crowding out the dairy. Let's start crowding out the processed foods and bringing in new stuff. But when your body is at sort of a baseline and you're feeling good, go have some Oreos. You know, it's not going to kill your system. And I think sometimes another thing that happens is we can get so afraid of everything. It's like, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, I'm going to have this one thing and it's going to ruin my hormone balance. And let's be real. Like you can have one really stressful situation or one really bad night of sleep and your hormones are going to fluctuate and you might have an off day, but your body's resilient too. But if you're dealing with really, really tough and debilitating hormone imbalance, like I was, it's a good idea to give yourself 28 days at least to just reboot your system. Yeah. You need to give yourself time. Do not expect a miracle in a day. You know what? That's a really good point is uh, if you're struggling with this kind of stuff, your hormones, first of all, you have to go through one full cycle. So think about that. One month in itself to kind of weed out what's going on. It takes at least three months to start to feel a difference. And for some people, three to six. So 
taking a pill is always the quick game, right? But when you're dealing your horm- dealing with healing your hormones and doing it holistically, you got to give yourself three to six months and sometimes even longer. You'll start to feel better slowly, but it's not like an overnight thing, right? I say the same thing with hypnosis. Like you would not, I use this gym reference. Maybe my higher self is like, Lindsay, get to the gym. Like, <laughs> I keep talking about it. Today. But I know, I keep talking about it. But that's the same, I use the same analogy as like, you would not go to the gym and work out hardcore for five hours and expect to have a perfect body right away. You know, it takes conditioning. It takes care. It takes time. It takes effort over a long period of time to see the results that you want. Um, that's, I'm glad, I'm really glad that that came up because I know there's people that are like, okay, I'm going to start today and then I'm going to have whatever. And then I'm going to be feel great tomorrow, but right. And it doesn't mean it, you know, a little, but not to the degree that you need to, to have a healthy hormone. Yeah. And I'm really, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go. I was going to say, I'm really glad that you touched on that other perspective, which is like, don't be afraid of everything because nowadays, like everything is terrible, right? Like you can't eat anything. You can't eat this. You can't eat that. You can't have this. You can't have that. And I just want to point out, like, especially for me being someone who is very emotionally sensitive and I go through ups and downs like crazy, Sometimes food is medicine. Like sometimes the mac and cheese is what the soul needs mm-hmm. to feel better. And you just got to be like, gut health aside, I need this mac and cheese or I'm not going to feel safe or whatever yeah. it is, you know? So it's like in that moment, is it medicine for you or not? Obviously, if you're eating that every day, it's going to be detrimental. But in a moment where you're having a crisis, it might be the most beneficial thing for your body to soothe you, to comfort you, and to nurture you on an energetic, spiritual level. So all food is medicine. Well, I would say one thing, one little caveat to that. It's, It's only how you feel when you're eating it. If you're calling yourself names and putting yourself down while you're shoving mac and cheese into your face, it's going to have a different effect on you than if you are, I'm honoring myself in this moment by enjoying this delicious macaroni and cheese or whatever it is. Uh, for me, it'd probably be ice cream or chocolate or something like that. But it's, it's about your state of mind about yourself and your actions as you're enjoying that treat. So yes, absolutely. It can be medicine, but your mind has to be in the game. It can't be talking trash while you're eating it. Yeah. Um, Oh my gosh, girls. I love that you said that because it's something that I speak all the time. It's like, it can be a soul uh, filling thing to just like eat that dark chocolate or have that ice cream. But it's exactly like what you said. What's the self-talk going on in your head and how, how is it actually serving you? And then like your, your body's resilient. So yes, have that once in a while, but if you do it all the time, clearly we know what's going to happen. Yeah. And if you're guilt tripping yourself every time you do it, then it's not helping. Like how Lindsay said, you know, you have to use it and think of it as medicine, not, oh, this is hurting my body. And I'm just like being an addict, you know, that's a whole nother mindset game that we don't need to get into. (laughs) But anyway, back to the anxiety. So for people who struggle with chronic anxiety, what are some of the daily more practical tips and ways and things that people can do to start healing their hormones and feeling better? Mm -hmm. Okay. So aside from food, the next thing you're going to want to do is you're really going to want to focus on your stress levels. And that's because if you think about it, when you're stressed, your cortisol and your adrenaline spikes. It goes crazy. Cortisol is that, that hormone that makes you like feel like you're in fight or flight, right? You're like, oh shoot. Well, adrenaline makes you feel like you're in fight or flight, but cortisol is what wakes you up and energizes you and gives you like those jitters. So when that's happening, you're really putting your body in what I call the red zone. And when your body is in the red zone and you're always in this like, gotta go, gotta go. Kind Putting of- out fires before they get there. I'm just yeah. going to speak all the moms real quick and say, ha, good luck. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I know that it can be done, but you, until your kids are, even not, not even when they're grown. It's just, it's a whole nother ball game. And I, I, I'm just going to be the representative for the moms when I say <laughs> we're all stressed out. Yeah. <laughs> but, well, but then what can we get do? Through it. Yes, exactly. What can the moms do? Because we need yeah. help over here. So what can the moms do and what can everybody else do? Because let's face it, our lives are stressful. Back in the day, your body responded this way with high cortisol and adrenaline because you were being chased by a tiger. Now our body's responding this way because we're stuck in traffic, because we're reading a stressful email. We have a deadline or yeah. Three boys running around, like you said. So what do we do about it? Well, the first thing you can do is you can honestly just practice deep breathing. Like that is one way that you can switch your body 
body's nervous system from the red zone to a calm, you know, parasympathetic state. And so do that by breathing, like putting your hands on your heart, putting your hands on your belly, breathing in deeply for four and out, breathing in deeply for four and out for six, you know, calm the body naturally. You can also do that, of course, by taking a moment and like scheduling a yoga class or taking a moment and just like sitting in your closet by yourself and turning on some calming music. If you don't have time to schedule a yoga class or do a 30 minute meditation, you can do these calming techniques in like two to three minutes and it's going to help. Yes, absolutely. It's it's like an instant signal to the body that, okay, we can, we can relax for a second. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. And you can think clearer, you know, all that kind of good stuff. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we deep, we're we're deep breathing. What else can we do once we've got that down? The other thing I would suggest, and this is a lot of the mind work, and I feel like you two know a lot about this as well, but a lot of it comes with just focusing on, you know, what's the lens you're looking through when you're living your life? So are you constantly talking down to yourself? Are you constantly speaking in a negative lens? Do you feel safe? Do you feel grounded? And starting to become aware of that. Because when it comes to anxiety, I noticed that I honestly was like, I was looking at the world in kind of this negative sense. Like, oh my gosh, all of this is happening to me, you know, or I have so much to do, or I don't have enough time. And really we all have the same amount of time in a day. It's just about how we're looking at it. And also we're perfectionists. Women want to do everything (laughs) perfect. So the stress that we're saying, like, I need to be the best mom. I need to get all of these things done on my to-do list. I need to feel this way. I need to get everything done while you're on your period. You know, you have to start to break down those conditions that you've built around your life and and the story that you've created for yourself. So starting to become aware of what are your, what are your thoughts? And maybe you don't have to achieve every single thing you put on your to-do list. And maybe why are you being so hard on yourself? You'll never get it done. You'll never get it done. So just do what you can. (laughs) Yeah, that's the second thing. And again, this is going to be hard, I know, for some people and especially moms. But if you can try and get in seven to eight hours of sleep, you're probably looking at me like I want to punch you. But if you can... (laughs) There are people that still get eight hours of sleep? What is that? Yeah, if you can do that and get in seven to eight hours of sleep, I mean, your body, that's when your body does a lot of its detox work. It's true. It's like a vacuum Yeah, it's like a vacuum cleaner. It's helping to cleanse out the body. So sleeping is going to really, really help your, your stress levels and your hormones. But again, there's things like ashwagandha and reishi, which are some mushrooms or some chamomile tea. Like, yeah, let's talk about herbs for like, I'm going to go to the store and get some mushrooms real quick, but (laughs) but we do do need to talk about herbs. And we also need to talk about your, uh, gift for, for everybody, um, before we close. So, uh, let's, let's make it quick, but I want to do, I do want to talk about both of those things. So herbs. Yeah. So I know for me, I've been taking a lot of lemon balm as a tincture and that's been so helpful for my anxiety and calming my nervous system. Also, um, I've been taking holy basil as a tincture Mm -hmm. and that's been really helpful. Oh, fantastic. Mm -hmm. What about you, Nina? I was just going to say, this is the the queen of all calming supplements, magnesium. So yes. Okay. I'm glad that you said that. Oh yeah. my holy moly. So I just got some magnesium for my niece who is having, who has some gut issues as well. And she says it helps better than anything she's oh, ever yeah. tried in her life. It is amazing. Um, tell us about your free week. Guys, if you want to reach out to Nina, she's fantastic. I love her already. Um, but she can give you so many more individualized tips, if I'm correct, about mm-hmm. what you can do to uh, increase this this hormone balance and change your lifestyle for the better. But tell us about your freebie. Yeah. So I have a 14-day gut reboot. So this is, again, like I said, the first place I start with my clients. And that's just revamping your diet. And so in this reboot, I give you the things that you want to quote unquote eliminate or crowd out or experiment with, if you will, taking out of your diet, the foods that are really going to serve your body well. And then also I give you kind of like a template for what to have for breakfast if you want to start your day off with a good quality breakfast. So how you can start the process of rebooting that gut and starting to balance your hormones Hormones, uh, which you can get on my website. I love it. We have the link in our description. You guys have been fantastic and we love you all and we will see you next week. Thank you, Nina, so much for joining us. Thank you guys so much for having me. This has been fun.